the traditional way of running the restaurant is being changed and we're not gonna go back. So now every restaurant owner, as much as their patient is cooking, but they also have to work partner or at least spend a little bit more time to do some research, trust the company, work with the company, partner with the company to run the business or to grow. Welcome to SaaS Origin Stories. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with founders as they share stories from the earlier days of their SaaS startups. We'll cover painful challenges, early wins, and actionable takeaways. You'll hear firsthand the do's and don'ts of building and growing a SaaS, as well as inspirational stories to fuel you on your own SaaS journey. Here is your host, Phil Alves. Today, I'm excited to chat with Arsen Estefani. He's the CEO of Orders.co. Welcome to the show, Arsen. Hi, Phil. Uh, thank you for having me. So the first question I'd like to ask you, tell me a little bit about your background story and how you come up with the idea to build this company. As a background, like I used to run a C-store, like a convenience store, like uh, from one location to a couple of locations. And after that, I start, uh, created my own first brand. Uh, when I was running the store, I noticed the product and uh, it's electronic cigarette. This was very, very first electronic cigarette in 2011. That's when I made my own brand. And in 2016, then I uh, represent uh, one of the top brands uh, worldwide on vape, on electronic cigarette companies nationwide uh, in US, uh, exclusive in US and South America. And 2020, we decide with my co-founder, we decide to go to a different industry, which is the restaurant. That's cool. So you were doing a business. It looks like this is a spinoff business. You were doing a business that was your own product and you were selling that to kind of like convenience store. Is that what I understood? We help the restaurants to manage their online orders. So you have the restaurants manage online orders. So it's kind of like they don't have to go through Grubhub and they can do it all by themselves. Is that how the product works? Order score is uh, helping to manage and optimize all their online orders with a single uh, device, single platform. And like uh, creating the menu and managing their online orders uh, from the third-party delivery apps and also as well with uh, to their loyal customers they can offer like ordering website a solution that where their customers they can order directly with them and also uh, with uh, our partners we're helping the restaurants if they don't have a delivery option so they we can provide them a delivery that makes sense so basically you're putting out in one place all the orders that they're getting from like Services like Grubhub, DoorDash, we're also helping them set up their own service so their loyal customers can go straight to them and they can save money. And you help them with delivery if they want to do their own delivery instead of paying also extra money to companies like DoorDash and, and Grubhub. Correct. That's actually a start. That's uh, how we see the problem. Like in 2020, like before the even the COVID started, like uh, with the, my co-founder, Ashrod Bayatian, we went to the restaurant to order a food and then uh, the employee couldn't help us because uh, they have like multiple tablets and all tablets were ringing 
and she was trying to help us to take an order, but as well to manage the tablets. And then, like, I asked the question, uh, Ashot with the background is a programmer, and we have done like a couple of interesting projects with him. And I asked him, like, Asha, there should be a way, like, uh, having all this tablet, like, in a one tablet, like, uh, all the orders can come one place. And uh, he says, like, yeah, definitely there, there is opportunity. I mean, there, there should be a way to do it. So we did a Google search, like, maybe five, ten minutes, and we didn't see a solution. Uh, we were just, like, searching as a restaurant owner. And then uh, we say, oh, there is opportunity. So... And we did talk with a couple of restaurant owners and we see the same issue. They just uh, been excited, like uh, having this delivery option as an extra revenue. But when they start keep adding like a more tablets, then they're having a hard time to manage them because each uh, delivery company, they have their own logic on managing the menus and uh, receiving the orders. And they have to learn each one, uh, how it works. And the biggest problem we've seen it, uh, the restaurant has uh, totally different menus and t- different pricing in each platforms. Because the one they created three years ago, then the, another service they got it a year ago. So they ask somebody to help them to make the menu and then they haven't updated the old one. Uh, so wasn't we've seen that uh, there is a gap, like uh, having a unified menu pricing and easy to update if they want to take out something from the menu or adding something. That's definitely a huge problem. But look like you and your fo- your co-founder were working in other business before. You just went for lunch somewhere. You saw the problem and you're like, let's solve that problem. It's kind of like how, how it went. Yes. In 2016, uh, I had a distribution on electronic cigarettes. And from since 2016 till 2020, uh, we did it from zero to 100 million uh, cells. Like our best year was like almost 40 million, 2018. And during that process, like from zero employee to like like three employees to 70 employee, we had a like really great experience because what we do, we, uh, we uh, distributor for one of the known brand, a uh, worldwide brand, uh, distributor in United US and uh, South America. But, our responsibility, not only distributing the product, but also doing the marketing and uh, new product, uh, research and development, and uh, uh, also getting the feedback from the end users, understanding like the market, where the market is going. So it was really interesting experience. And uh, during that time, we have developed like a couple of softwares like for our internal use like a warehouse management system. Uh, I remember when we growing too fast and we start contacting like software companies, they can, uh, uh, we can use the warehouse management system. Like most of them, they asking like very expensive, like, like I think I remember there was close to a million and they asking like six to six months to one year to, to do the onboarding and setup. And we think like, I mean, we don't have that much time uh, to go through so and we start build our own we did some integration we took like existing like a more affordable softwares and we integrated like uh, through zapier and stuff like this and then we have another challenge where we want to get the feedback from our end users like to understand what they think about the product uh, uh, to get their comments and we start using like a different again uh, softwares like Yotpo was a great product or uh, helping uh, 
our name to presence, online presence. But then we see there wasn't like an all-in-one solution where you can, uh, starting the point when the customer is ordering the product, get the feedback as an experience on the flow, how they doing the order through the website. And then like uh, when they receive the product, what did they think about the product quality? And the third one is, okay, are they happy enough to uh, refer somebody, friends or like others? So then we build in-house like a solution software where we're collecting like three different feedbacks and the reviews. And that was also a great experience. And we also build the age verification uh, that we want to make sure that uh, underage uh, uh, people, they don't cannot order the electronic cigarette because it's tobacco-related uh, product. So we build, we build that too. And then in 2020, when we see the opportunity uh, we say like, okay, uh, it's, that's not something new for us. Uh, we know how to build it, but before we just doing for our internal use. Uh, so how about like uh, now we can focus on there is almost a, a million restaurants, at least in the United States. So and especially like uh, I think almost like uh, 40% of it's uh, small and mid-sized restaurants. And they are actually the last one when they're getting help because the enterprises, they have enough budget and the network to use the technology. And we decide like, okay, how about we just jump in and go to the restaurant industry? That's an amazing story. Because like, I, I love it. Like, to summarize, you are building this dis distribution company and you build that company pretty big, like from zero to 70 employees. And you're like, okay, the only way I can keep things aligned is to use software. You didn't find the software that you need in the market and you build your capability in-house and you start building your own software. You got good at building products because you were building for yourself. And then you're like, oh, here's an opportunity, a huge industry. We now know how to build software because we have been doing that for the past years for our company have built different kinds of softwares. I'm going to now build a SaaS. I'm going to do a spin-off kind of like product. And my spin-off, I'm going to go from a distribution company to a SaaS. How did you fund the build of that product? Did you use just the money from the first company to fund the build of that product? Yes, uh, we have bootstrap until now, of course, start uh, using our money and uh, from the first company and uh, uh, recently, we're doing like a loan a little bit, like uh, to help us to keep the process. Uh, and the second quarter of this year, we're planning to go to fundraising. So this is where we are like somewhere in the late seed and early series A. So we're kind of trying to figure out which stage are we going to. And what happened to the distribution company? Do you still run that company? Do you run both companies or what, what happened to that company? First, 2020 and 2021, yes, where I was running both and uh, actually using like uh, more than 80 hours per week uh, because you have to make sure both companies are healthy. And uh, especially with the 2020, uh, like we didn't have that many employees on the order scope because it was an idea. So we have to make the product and then we have to validate that, you know, this product, uh, the people, they really need it. So we were putting a lot of hours like uh, with uh, with my co-founders and I was like a two employee. But uh, starting like in 2021, like my mostly focus on uh, order scope. So mainly like uh, my uh, main hours, I'm just putting on the uh, order scope. 
what do you do the other company? Do you kind of like slow down? The other company, there is a regulations and uh, the industry has been changed. Uh, so that's why like uh, kind of moving from from tobacco industry to the restaurant industry right now. So my mainly focus right now in the uh, food industry. Makes sense. So like, okay, that industry is not perfect. There's all these problems with regulation. I'm going to go out in here. You already move, slowly move the money and the resources to this to this product they build now. So how long did it take for you guys to have a version one of the product ready for the first restaurant to start using? We started as an idea and we started like early 2020, like even like end of the, the 2019. So like, and the first version, we got it like in September. We had like uh, three customers. This is like an interesting story that in uh, September 15, we have applied with the YC, Y Combinator. And honestly, uh, before I didn't know what the YC, was the angel investment mean, what the accelerator means. A friend of mine, uh, Sarkis, uh, he's a founder of startup Embritech. Uh, and he, when I started the idea, he was keep telling me, explaining like, okay, there is the accelerators, there is the angel investors, there is the uh, VCs. Uh, for, for me, running as a traditional business is totally different. Like you have to make sure it's a profitable. If something is not working, then you have to come up with a new one. With IT and especially startup world is way different. Walk me through like how it worked for you guys. Now you were like, okay, I need to find new customers. How did you go about finding those new customers and what get them a little bit the next steps there? Yeah, sure. Uh, with the previous experience, with the previous business that we were running, we were focusing a lot on the trade shows, the expos. Like we were doing almost like 30 to 40 expos per year. Uh, like our, our idea is don't go too big, don't spend like too much money, don't show that you are the best brand or like having the fancy boot. It's just about go small, mid-size uh, of the boot, as echo as possible. Just meet with your customers. Just meet with the people. Listen to them. Tell them that, okay, you are here next to them. And if they have any concerns, uh, any feedbacks, or they're not happy, you're always there to talk with them. Uh, that's why like we almost every weekend we have a trade show it doesn't matter like it's a small show big show which city which state like we always we travel and we learn we learn about like our industry we learn about more our customers that's how we improving our product that's how we coming out with the new product so in 2020 before even the covid we start scheduling all the expos as much as possible in the food industry just to go to learn to meet the industry and to learn from the industry but because of the covid time we have blocked there wasn't any trade shows and we start doing like door to door like going to the stores and trying to sell the product to represent the product and even and the price, uh, we, we not, we're not trying to do it free because uh, with a free product, you don't get the real feedback. So you have to, at least the customer have to pay something. The very first customer, uh, it was a friend that uh, he helped us. But after that, uh, we're just doing sales, like a traditional door-to-door sales, just meeting with the customer, spending time. And even we understand that that customer might not stay for years because like our product wasn't that perfect or there wasn't that much value on the product or especially the small and mid-sized restaurant, they, they're not going to see the value. But every time when we're signing out one customer and uh, learning something, even they, when they cancel it, then we go the next one, then we go the next one. 
mainly door to door, mainly door to door, because we didn't have that much fund uh, allocated to the marketing and even didn't make sense to do that. I think you bring an amazing insight here when you talk about the conference and the trade shows. I saw the strategy being used all the time for B2B SaaS products that we work on. And I'm pretty sure like that when you were in the restaurant with your partner, you were like, okay, we, we know the formula. We know how to build software. We know how to find these people. We're going to go to all the trade shows and we're going to find them. It's going to be great. And then COVID happened and now the formula it's not going to work, <laughs> right? Like, what am I going to do now? And then you really have to change. But I'm, but that's definitely a formula. And it's the cool thing about doing a spin-off business. It's because you come up with that experience and you, you have like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is, and that probably will help you feel confident about your future and how you'd build that product. Is that is that correct to say? Yes, uh, because like uh, we value more the networking and the relationship. And uh, the decisions also decision also we made uh, to work with a small and mid-sized restaurant initially uh, even during that time we're getting advice from like some angel investors or oh, your focus should be the enterprises because once you got the one enterprise through the network or it doesn't matter then you're gonna have a 500 or thousand restaurants and then you can move then you can show the revenue and the, you, you scale but we said, no, we're going to go a different way. We're going to target and we're going to work with a small and mid-sized restaurants. There is a couple of reasons. First of all, with a small and mid-sized restaurants, you learn the industry. You learn the product. You learn from inside because they are the most, they understand the process. Uh, maybe they don't have the solution. Maybe they're not doing the right way, but they understand the problems. They understand the challenges. Uh, when you go to the enterprise, which is we spoke with, a couple of them during that time, they just need only one thing. Okay, just do this service. The rest I'm okay because I'm already working with other companies. But with a small and mid-sized restaurant, independent restaurants, if you do one thing great, they want that you do more. They start telling you, okay, you know how to do it. Now, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do the other options? And that's another thing is like, uh, if you want to start something, don't try to reach the highest or like the, the the customer or the enterprise that have more locations or more customers, try to start from the low because you need to learn from inside the challenges and the problems. Yeah, that's great. And, and also with enterprise, usually the sales process is a little bit longer. It's different selling to enterprise. And, and like you say, the smaller company, they need more help, right? But like how much when you go to sell to those small companies, how well they understand their own problem and that they need extra help? That's another challenge. Uh, even now we are facing and we like thinking about how to build that relationship, how to communicate. Uh, because uh, I understand like uh, especially the small or independent restaurants, owners, patient is cooking. And which is that's how we think they should do like uh, their patients should be cooking uh, great dishes great food and interact uh, with the customers and uh, the technology side they shouldn't worry about like the companies like us they should help them with the technology side but they still need to value the technology because if we go back like the uh, last hundred years and even I remember like 15 years ago, one of my friends, when he opened the restaurant, I remember like the first year he was waiting, like where the critics, food critics, they have to come to this, to his store, eat the food, and then write an article 
and then the or like in newspaper local newspaper then the local newspaper goes uh, with the food critics like uh, it's good food and then they see like people they coming or they have to use like uh, uh, marketing only options like the, the newspapers or they have to pass out the flyers uh, nowadays is way different now we've seen like the uh, especially the young generation they open the store uh, they do the great marketing they still use the social medias or even before they opening the store they're using the social media they introduce the community like what they tr- uh, they're gonna bring as a food and sometimes they already have the line <laughs> of like a weeks or a month uh, like they are they're already b- busy enough to uh, when they opening their door but what they do use they use the digital marketing what they use, they use the technology. They can receive the orders, online orders. The, the first day, they already sign up with the all uh, aggregators, like delivery companies. They're not limiting one or two or five because even the technology allows them when they're busy, they can just like uh, turn off or pause the operation for one hour. And then once you are slow, then you can use it again. Another great thing is now we've seen it's but virtual concept like virtual brands like one of the most favorite one is right now it's mr beast uh, burger co- concept like if any restaurant has a big kitchen and uh, they don't have enough orders they can uh, also service like a different concept in the same location or we've seen a problem when the restaurant owner has like a long 60 items menu starting from sandwich salad pizza and then some uh, hot barbecues. But uh, what we're suggesting and what data is suggesting that they separate it to different brands. So that way they have a specialized like uh, six or 10 items of sandwiches, 10 items of the pizza, and 10 items of the salad or stuff like that. Uh, so I think uh, the, the traditional way of running the restaurant is being changed and and uh, we're not going to go back. So now every restaurant owner, as much as their patient is cooking, but they also have to work, partner, or at least spend a little bit more time to do some research, trust the company, work with the company, partner with the company uh, to run the business or to grow. Yeah, I, I, I think... There's a huge opportunity now for, for restaurants, right? It's different. There's like a lot of tailwinds going in their favor. Like those restaurants that don't even have a location they're talking about. It's just a kitchen because our generation is order, but that also comes with a lot of complexity. And being just the artist, like as the cooker, like he's an artist, it's not going to cut it, right? They have to get a little bit of business savviness. And that's kind of like how you're trying to help them you're, and what you're trying to bring to them. Like, let's organize. Let's bring everything in one. Let's split the brands and, and help them stay in business. And I think it's very cool what you're doing to you because we see more and more of the big restaurants. Like every time you go to the big city, there's so much of the same, like it's the same chains, the same chains because the small guys are not able to survive. And as you are bringing and giving them the tools to allow them to survive, we'll, we'll be, we're going to be able to still see priority as we go to places. Like every time I travel, I try to like, let me find a very good local restaurant. But I feel like those local restaurants, even though we have a lot, a lot of them die. And they usually, there's a restaurant that I like, and in two years, they're not there anymore. It's because 
they don't understand business and they don't have the tools that the big companies have. And you're trying to, to, to give this big, these tools for, for those guys. That's pretty cool. That's why like, uh, the, our product, when we started, like, uh, initially, uh, when we see like the first opportunity to integrate, uh, tablets or the or online orders in one, we didn't start only from that point. Uh, we start with the menu management because we understand if we make like the, the best menu management as possible, then it doesn't matter how many avenues we can let the restaurant to push the menu or to receive the orders. So we spend a lot of time like uh, on the menu management system. Uh, but the great thing uh, after that, it was for us a lot easier to integrate with the different uh, aggregators. At the same time, we offer like ordering website to the, to the restaurants. And some of like... Uh, uh, again, like uh, friends or like uh, investors, they're critiquing us. They're saying, oh, what's your focus? Like, try to focus. Are you doing the integration delivery apps or are you doing the ordering website? And we're saying, like, if you have the menu management, that it doesn't matter how translate like, or to works with the other uh, options, like, why are you trying to limit us? We just want to give the options to the restaurants. They want an ordering website, they want an integration, or they want an all-in-one. Like the same thing right now, we have the table ordering option, which is like customers, they can order it from the table. It's again, it goes the same tablet, the same single device can handle everything because everything starts from the menu. That's how we see it. If you have the menu and then in which channel you're going to sell or in which channel you're going to present, that's our job. We can translate that language to that channel. That makes a lot of sense. I love how like, uh, we're able to put the vision and help people understand like this is kind of like the foundation that we help you putting out the channels. So uh, what's kind of like the first oh shit moment that come to mind from the early days of your SaaS? And I love that you kind of already share not getting accepted into YC because I had other people that come to the show and they told me about how amazing it was when they got in. But I love your story about how you didn't get in and, and it was because you're like, you're doing a good thing for, for your own people. But like, what are other kind of like, oh shit moments that come to, to mind? That was the first one. <laughs> and then uh, in 2021, so we decided like uh, to start uh, hiring more developers because we've seen like uh, the, the beta version is good. It's proven that the market needed it. It works. But to scale, uh, of course, we need to change the language on the programming uh, to be scalable, like to go to 100 customers, to go to 200 customers, or uh, to be as quick as the, the original tablets they're working, because there, there, there is always like improvement, improvement. And then once uh, we start like a hiring process, my uh, partner, I think with that time, we have like almost like 30 restaurants. We have one franchise already signing up with us with the five locations, potentially or adding like more 20 or 25 locations. And Ashut, uh, my co-founder, he's also the, the CTO, he got COVID and he got so bad, he went to the hospital like for two weeks. And we had some issue and that during that time, the servers, some, some, some problem was going on. I'm not the, with the background, I'm not technical guy. So we had some issues, like our newly teams was trying to fix it. But again, the main everything like Ashot knows, and he has all these accesses and passwords. 
but uh, we couldn't handle it. Uh, I mean, and we have to, we made the decision, like, uh, I think the second day we called to all our customers and we say, okay, guys, like, turn on your tablets, start use the tablets, so we have some issue, it might take, like, a week or two. Uh, so, but, uh, of course, like, after two weeks, uh, shot got okay, normal, and then it took a couple of weeks until <laughs> it gets back to <laughs> normal working. That's That, that was, like, uh, that all moment that I think it was like a hard decision. You brought like, like 30 customers, like you spend a lot of time, you were working with them. Finally, there is a franchise with the potential, like there are 20 locations, they're going to come to you. And like you have an issue that you cannot fix it uh, because your team is too small and uh, your main guy uh, who knows everything, he got COVID and he's in hospital. Definitely a huge moment. I mean, you you learn about single point of failure, and, and a lot of founders worry about that. What happens if something happened to this one person? They know a lot, but you also learn that I, I don't know. Like, looks like things still turn out okay. You call your customers, like now you're gonna have to wait. So, like, did you lose an, any of those thirty customers? They were understanding. What happened? We lose like let's say half of them, especially that franchise. Whoa. It was important. Uh, but we understand the decision. They say, like, oh, you're still too small for us. We, we want to, like, uh, headache-free. We came to you, like, to make sure the process. Well, I mean, I understand. As a small business owner, uh, like, I understand. Like, you have to help them. And that's why even now, like, uh, we're not saying we have a sales team. We have a team who's explaining or introducing our product. Because if somebody not seeing the value we don't need to sell the product. We just have to explain them. We have to explain how it works and what it can save. And if it's not helping to the customer, we're not even trying to sell it. That means either the customer, uh, they don't need us now uh, or the solution or our product is not there yet to help that customer. And uh, in a few weeks, a few months, or maybe in next year, we can work together again. So, yeah, but after that, there was like... A, kind of a good lesson for us that we started to distribute and uh, we start hiring the developer teams like in 2021 that's where we focused on on development fully to build a scalable product so that even if you're gonna go to thousand it should, uh, it's not gonna anything gonna happen and we're not gonna rely to one person so <laughs> we now have the whole team uh, with the roles and in 2022 we started the marketing we partner with the marketing agency and uh, the whole 2022, it was the growth year for us. And how, how big is the product now? Like, do you guys have, is that kind of public information? We, right now we're growing. We have month over month, like a 20, 30%. Even I was looking like a quarterly, like, uh, of course, the, we don't want to compare like uh, first quarter 2023 to 2022, because that's where we started the marketing. Like, uh, Google Ads, Facebook Ads, content marketing, and uh, affiliate programs. So we have growth, and we basically we're trying to keep month over the month growth. Uh, which is how many restaurants do you guys have on the system now? We have uh, over like fifteen hundred businesses that we are servicing. Wow, that's amazing! So you guys went from thirty. You have the big problem. Couldn't even serve those thirty. Lost half of the thirty. <laughs> Learn your lesson, build, improve, and now you're serving 1,500 restaurants and growing and growing every single month. What a great turnaround story and what a great lesson. 
So what's kind of like a very smart decision that you feel like you made in the early days of your SaaS? I think uh, in 2020, 2021, where we're getting advice again from the angel investors and other advisors, growth with any cost, that's the time. And uh, we against we against that because we understand growth and uh, any cost, uh, there is no value. So even like uh, 2020 and 2021, that's probably one of the reasons that we didn't fundraise. We didn't go to the fundraising, uh, even we just getting offers uh, because that's at least the ones we knew it, like uh, that's what they're telling us. Customers, customers, acquisitions, like we're saying, no, the product should be right. Uh, you should have the right product because end of the day, you can bring the customer today, but if your competitor tomorrow makes better product, he's going to go. And we don't have a, like a year-long contract. There is no contract. We're just saying like customer, like you cancel and, uh, with no question. If the service is not for you, you can cancel it. You can cancel it today. And that's where we're going to keep it because that's what we believe. We, you can't hide the customer to you if you're not helping them. Like our goal is help the restaurant to grow because once they grow, we're going to grow too. We're going to grow with them. I think that's, that was the, the, the decision that uh, it was against, basically, at least the ones they are advising us. But in 2022, with the economic downturn, it's been proven that uh, our decision was right because now we have a lot stronger product with uh, b- multiple uh, features that we are covering to our restaurant and our restaurants, they're not only using one future, they're using most of the futures and we have more coming uh, uh, new future we're going to release in April. And I think that's going to be something new to the market. It's going to be very interesting that once we introduce. Now it's been proven that we made the right decision because now we see a lot of companies now going to build the futures or at least the value, I will say, but we are ahead of them because we last a few years we were focusing or building the futures and the values, not overbuilding, of course. That's more, that's also it's very important, but I think we got that sweet middle of building, not overbuilding, but also the futures is really connects to the same customer, existing customer. How about like a decision that you made? There was a mistake. I think that uh, going back to the YC that I lied. And again, I, I hate lying. Like always, uh, I'm trying to be honest. And But that's, again, one of my, from my whole life, like the one of the moment that I lied. And, and then after that, I have a, a conversation with my uh, the, the network that we went through with the YC or other accelerators. They think, oh, you should say that, like exactly what's going on in your life and they, they will understand that's actually a, was a plus moment so i think that i should say that like because again i was i think i was doing like the right thing like helping like people and uh, i shouldn't lie i should say like uh, yeah sorry like uh, september 15 we submit the application and the 27 the war started and we stopped the operation like we're not operating like we haven't that's why we didn't bring any customers Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely a great lesson. So if you could go back in time to that day that you are in the restaurant thinking about the idea and meet yourself 
and tell you, give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? I think I will be more aggressive on the project. Uh, I will start uh, with a bigger team. As much like I know, again, for the startups, the advice is usually it's like start smaller team slowly. Uh, but uh, the experience that we had with the previous companies that we're running, we shouldn't wait. Uh, we shouldn't go slowly or with a smaller team. I think if we started with a bigger team, now we'll be like in a different place as we are uh, now because we were thinking about to like our whole goal is to become end-to-end uh, software solution for the restaurants. And again, especially for the small and mid-sized restaurants. The enterprise itself, they're going to come to us because they're going to see like what the unique features we build it for the small restaurants to help them to grow, to become a multi-location or to become enterprise. So the enterprises anyway, we, we're going to work with them because they're going to need that unique solutions also. This has been a great show. I, I love how like real and deep information we're able to get here and and how raw this is. This is an amazing conversation. I have one final question for you before you go. So if people want to follow you, learn more about your company, what's the best way? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> Sorry. I will say the LinkedIn and I've been LinkedIn like probably last like uh, two, three years since 2020. I'm not that much in social media like Instagram or Facebook. I always had a timing issue because I like spend time more like uh, researching like with an ideas or the business and stuff like this. But uh, uh, LinkedIn, that, that's the best way to connect. Awesome. Thank you, Arsene. Thank you very much for coming to the show and, and thanks for sharing the origin story of your company. It was a great time. Great learning. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. SaaS Origin Stories is brought to you by DevSquad. To find out more about how we help entrepreneurs launch new products and help larger businesses plug in a ready-to-go development team, visit devsquad.com. Add us to your rotation by searching for SaaS Origin Stories in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening and remember, every SaaS hero has an origin story.